You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Story, the Denver Gazette, my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, I'm not going to ask how you are today uh, because we have a lot to get to, Nick. We don't have any time for how you're feeling today, Nick, because, oh, because, oh, the, Denver, because the Denver Broncos have fired Nathaniel Hackett. Um, they have totally lost control. Uh, they've, they got smashed by the Rams on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Uh, to the Denver Broncos and uh, Nick for the second year in a row, they're going to be doing a head coaching search. What's what, just what are your thoughts? Were you surprised? Uh, did you agree with the move? Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll just go from there. Well, you know, none of us uh, were surprised based on how the season was working out, you know, thus far. Uh, my, my only question was if you allowed it to go to this point, you might as well allow him to finish out and, and that being a thing you hack it the final two games of the season. I mean, relieving him of his duties right now does does absolutely what, in, in my opinion. And for me, it does nothing. I mean, it was inevitable. It was something that was predicted as a course of action by George Payton and the new ownership. But uh, why do it right now? You could have done it eight weeks ago. Hell, you could have done it after you know week four if that's what you wanted to do. So my whole thing is once you start something, you finish it. That was something my dad taught me as a kid growing up. So it was a complete disaster from the beginning. You might as well allow him to finish to the end. See, I disagree, Nick, because what happened Sunday and, you know, when I was there on Sunday, you could feel it. Like all season, it felt like Hackett had control and, you know, yes, things were going poorly, but the team wasn't lost and guys were playing hard. Um, you know, there was no internal, you know, um, um, you know, beef, I guess is the right word. I don't know. Um, you know, guys still believed in him. Sunday, there was a complete lack of control. Obviously, we saw that play out with whatever Randy Gregory was doing, um, which was just a total outburst and out of control, him throwing his helmet, the roughing the passer was a kind of a weak call. But if you watched him, Nick, we were all, all, all in the press box watching him. He was stirring stuff up the whole game, trying to to start a fight. And then post game, obviously he punches a guy. And then you've got your left guard who, by the way, is the Walter Payton man of the year nominee pushing the backup quarterback. You've got Latavius Murray, breaking it up, who's only been on the team a few weeks, and the rookie wide receiver, Montreal Washington, the smallest man on the team, also breaking it up. Um, 
and it just was a disaster. And then post game, Nick Hackett comes out and really doesn't say any of its, you know, he says very, very subtly, he says, oh yeah, it was unacceptable what Randy did, but he's also kind of defending him saying, I oh, just wants to make a play and all this stuff. And it, I, I think that it set, it was the wrong tone, Nick. And then you go in the locker room and this is where, this is where I knew something was, was bad. You go in the locker room and usually you go in after a loss and, you know, I'm not saying guys are, are excited or anything like that, but there's usually some sort of hope or they say, Hey, we got to fix this. We got to fix that or whatever. There was none of that, Nick. There was guys, you know, bolting to get out of there. They didn't want to speak to the media. Uh, guys were angry. Guys that did speak to the media were very brief. Uh, there was not a whole lot of positivity. And when that, to me, it felt Nick, you could just feel it in that locker room. He had lost it. And you add just kind of the, the again, national television, all the stuff that went wrong, not on the field. You're going to get beat on the field. They got embarrassed on the field. But it was off the field stuff, Nick, that I think did him in. And I think that the Pinner group woke up um, on Monday morning and said, we, we have to do something because this is unacceptable. And I think that they wanted to send a message. And I think that's why they ended up letting him go. And, and I get what you're saying, Nick. And I thought, too that they would wait. Uh, and I agree you finished what you started, but at the same time, I think that they just reached a tipping point where they're like, we have to make a move and, and send a message. Well, well, George, with all that being said, what it seems as though that happened is uh, on national television, that that was the tipping point because they were going to fire Nathaniel Hackett probably anyway. But the embarrassment is what kind of sped it up. And knowing as though you are in Los Angeles, right, two four and, teen, four and ten teams fighting out on national television. It wasn't in front of a large audience at SoFi Stadium. And, oh, by the way, you're in the home of the Super Bowl champions, Stan Crockett. You're sitting in his suite. So knowing as though you guys are part of a family and you have a family just like I have one. And sometimes there, there's a very strange dynamic that happens in our family. And sometimes when individuals are winning, they may boast a little bit. And I'm not saying that Cronky boasted, but I'm sure there were a couple of maybe smirks or laughs. And if you are uh, an owner, like, um, you know, the Penner Walton family are in a very prideful family, I would have to say, that rubbed you the wrong way. With everything, and, and what I mean by that, the optics of everything, uh, the gameplay, the interaction between Reisner and Rippin on the sideline, the Randy Gregory situation, all of that came to a tipping point. They were just like, yo, we were all embarrassed, not just Hackett, not just the team. We were all embarrassed as an ownership, and we needed to do something about it. And, and really quickly, you know, not that I'm going to defend Randy Gregory or Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm just going to speak on this because, you know, I've been in this situation. When your team is, isn't is performing well on either side of the ball, and even including special teams, sometimes you get frustrated as a player. And that's not to say that you always make the proper decisions. So Randy Gregory, a guy, once again, I never thought that should have come back for the remaining couple of games in the season. He was a little agitated, right? So his mindset was probably, you know what? We're losing the battle, but we're not going to lose the war. And he took it upon himself to get a little get back, right? And that get back went entirely too far. And sometimes guys think that they're adding 
you know, fuel as far as trying to create some energy or a spark, but it becomes a disaster. So that's exactly what Randy Gregory was attempting to do, but it turned out to be something that hurt the team opposed to helping the team. Yeah, and the Randy situation is, it's just all around, I think it was handled the wrong way, Nick. Like, I, I personally don't think he should have ever played Sunday. He didn't practice all week. And there were indications through the week that he didn't feel like he should be playing on Sunday. And for him to go out there and play, it felt like it was sort of a, a I don't want to say that he was forced to play, Um, because I don't think anybody's forced to play, but I think there were people in his ear saying, we really need you to play. Uh, Can you get out there and play for us? And I think that that probably agitated him. Uh, And, you know, from the start of the game, he was, he was stirring stuff up And the moment he threw his helmet, which I think was in the second quarter, they went down 24 to three and he threw it, he threw it far. He let that thing go and he threw it at his own sideline. I mean, he threw it back towards the Broncos. I think I, I think I would have said, all right, he's done for the day. We're not, we're not doing this. Um, and you should have seen then that, you know, this was getting out of hand. And then obviously in the second half, it was every play, Nick, saying something to Rams players after the play. Uh, and then he got, and, and then it was the rough in the passer call. And then he was visibly, you know, yelling up and down the sidelines after that play. And they yanked him and sat him for the rest of the game. It, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, Send that dude to the locker room. Like you can't, you don't know what he's going to do. And it ends up, you know, punching a guy. He's going to be suspended for a game. I know he apologized and all that stuff. It was just, it was just unacceptable, Nick. The whole, that whole outburst was unacceptable to me though. And maybe this is crazy. The, the Reisner ripping exchange to me was actually worse than the Gregory stuff because Gregory was like, okay, he's pissed off. He let the moment get the best of him. The Reisner ripping stuff. That man, that that t- that's that's the entire offense to me saying, you know, th- that they're done. Like they, I mean, it, it was it was that that was such a bad look, and the way that it it ended up, and and I know Rippin and and Reisner both said, oh, we're fine or whatever. I can tell you, Nick, I don't know if that's true or not because Rippin was the first one out of the locker room. He was pissed after the game uh, about what happened, and and and. You know, Reisner said, you know, the emotions got the best of me or whatever. That can't happen, man. You can't have your starting left guard, a guy that's been here as long as he has, uh, go after the backup quarterback, who, by the way, Brett Rippon has been nothing but, you know, a genuine, passionate guy. You know, I, I just I don't understand that, Nick. That that interaction rubbed me the wrong way more than the Randy Gregory stuff. Well, see, that was uh, quarterback and, and, and what, and what I've been hearing on social media, it was like, well, how, you know, can Brett Rippon have the audacity to even say something? He's a backup quarterback. He hasn't really done anything in his league, but guess what? He's been a quarterback for this Broncos team for a while, backup or not. He's played in some games and he's been pummeled himself. So that was Brett Rippon going over not just to Dalton Reisner, but just the offensive line as a whole to say, hey, listen, I mean, it's okay if you give up a sack. Not, not saying that it's okay, but the idea is that, okay, you gave up a sack. Someone gave up a sack, but at least help your quarterback up off the ground. That was kind of what I'm getting that Brett Rippon was trying to communicate to the offensive line. And that's right, backup or not, he should be upset 
because what we've seen from this offensive line over the past couple of games have been nothing short of awful, right? Brett Rippon himself had been sacked a couple of times and hit as well. Russell Wilson, 11 hits and six sacks. It seems as though that's kind of the given average for any quarterback that's playing back there. And we joked about it. And I said, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be behind that offensive line. And I know you said you didn't want to be behind that offensive line. So to me, that was a culmination of frustration from a quarterback standpoint saying, I know what's going on. I've been hit too, right? If you're going to allow your quarterback to get hit, at least have the decency to help him up off the ground. And I can say I've been a part of teams where when the quarterback was knocked on the ground, George, they rushed over there to his aid because you're saying, hey, that was my bad. Now, you don't want that many my bad blocks, but when you are part of a unit that's allowing your quarterback, and we could talk about the deficiencies of Russell Wilson, but when we talk about you allowing your quarterback to get hit, you need to at least have the decency to go pick him up. And I wouldn't have been upset if that same fire that Dalton Reisner showed against Brett Rippon, he showed that same fire against the opposing defensive line of the Rams, but we didn't see it. So the optics of everything look bad, and you're right. Here's where the leadership of Latavius Murray comes in. A guy who was came over from the New Orleans Saints, stepped into this environment and was embraced by his team, he came and shoved Dalton Reisner like, hey, hey, man, chill out. Right, It's bad enough that things are the way they are from a seasonal standpoint. You don't want to compile them by having this display on national TV, but everyone saw it. And it, it was it was bad for this organization. And, and, and I've never seen anything like this before. And because of this, George, I don't even know if Coach Hackett would ever get another opportunity as a head coach. If he does, it's going to be a long time before that happens. I know, Nick. And, you know, it's just they were in disarray on Sunday, Nick. And I think they had to make a move. And, you know, part of me and I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this. And I kind of tweeted this out, too, yesterday. You know, a part of me feels bad for Hackett because I I think, one, he's genuinely a really good dude. Like, I think he is a really nice guy. Um, He's somebody that, you know, treated me well, Um, you know, you know, always was, was good with the media and all that stuff. And I know nobody cares about that because you know, being nice doesn't win football games, but being, being mean doesn't win football games either. No, it doesn't. Uh, so I, you know, I, 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 I don't understand that part, but I also want to say, Nick, and we'll dive into more of this. It's not all his fault. And I, I, I think the players understand that. I think that's what we're going to hear from, from Greg Pinner and George Payton today. You know, there, there's a lot of people that deserve some blame for what has happened this season. Um, you know, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, we'll probably get into a little bit of that. Obviously, he's not played up to expectations. Uh, you know, a lot of guys on this team have been injured. Um, you know, all that stuff. You I mean George Payton, right? I mean, we got to talk about him. He's the one that hired Hackett. He's the one that traded for Russell Wilson. He's the one that's assembled a large part of this roster. He's got some blame in this. So there, there, the blame goes all around. Uh, and just because you fire Nathaniel Hackett, and just like you fired Vance Joseph, and just like you fired Vic Fangio, this doesn't fix the problem, right? part of the problem how much i don't know but uh the broncos have a lot of other issues that they've got to address so nick let's take a quick break we'll dive into some of those issues we'll dive into where things went wrong uh during the the short hackett tenure uh and maybe some candidates that they might be looking at so uh let's take a quick break and we'll dive into all that stuff 